Hi, it's Vivi here, and welcome to another episode of Vixen's Holy Scriptures. Um, before we get started, just a quick disclaimer. This episode is just full of spoilers, so if you haven't read Sinful and you hate spoilers, uh, this is not the right episode for you. But I do really wish that you would listen to it once you're done with the book, because the things that I will be discussing are pretty important in the sense that they are just a lot of things that have been misunderstood throughout the book. So yeah, happy listening! Okay, so the first topic is Allison's personality, and I want to discuss it because she is the most controversial character in the book. For starters, I've noticed at least four types of people who read Sinful. Uh, first, there's the people who hate her at the beginning and then love her at the end. The people who love her during the first few chapters hate her as time progresses, then go back to loving her. The people who love her from beginning to end. And finally, the people who hate her at the beginning and keep hating her till the end. Now, for those type of people, I just have a question. Um, why would you put yourself through over 70 chapters when you hate the main character so much? Because I've had people being so hateful and rude to Allison. And yeah, she's fictional, I get it. But still, it's so annoying and even a bit hard to read Blaine Hay for my character. So, really, like, why would you put yourself through all of this only to leave hate? But, you know, I'm just gonna address some of the hate and stuff. So, first of all, I think that most people who only read on Wattpad, and I'm obviously excluding established writers because they're on a completely different level, but those who only read on Wattpad are used to read one-dimensional plain characters, and there is nothing wrong with that. Uh, But I do think that most characters simply lack depth, and their personality only revolves around one trait, which is not even emphasized, but kept mild enough to ensure that most readers will like it. Basically, to put it simply, the characters are written to be as likable as possible, and that is totally fine, because it's a personal choice, and every writer has their motivation, Uh, but that's not what happens in any of my books. And Allison was never supposed to be a likable goody two-shoes. I also pride myself with the way I write my characters, especially my main characters, since I have more means and opportunities to expand and develop them. And Allison is a complex character, like any human being, really. She's simply human, and all of my characters are. They have a complex personality, a complex way of thinking, a complex history, and I'm really proud of myself for this. But I think that a lot of people don't appreciate it due to the due to the fact that they're used to characters that are not like that, and also because some people seem to want to read about perfect characters, since they complain every time one of my characters makes a mistake. Um, and also because I think that a lot of people read without taking the time to think about what they're reading Uh, and I'm just gonna get into this into the next part but it's something that I really want to highlight I've noticed that a lot of people who read the book don't actually think about what they're reading and they just shoot the comments as they come into their heads now going back to Allison she gets a ton of hate for completely human stuff 
and it's become a bit annoying because at this point it's just some people hating her for whatever reason and hating on her for even the most minor things she does. Again, Allison was not supposed to, the mo to be the most likable character, but honestly, the only actual bad or reprimandable things about her are her loose morals, only when it comes to the man she sleeps with, by the way, because there's also that group of people who see everything in black and white and think that she's just an immoral person in every sphere of her life, when truly that's not the case, because having loose morals in one sphere doesn't automatically mean having loose morals in general. And her selfishness is also a bad trait, which mostly comes out in relation to the man she sleeps with. And if people have issues with her sleeping with one married man, because may I remind you that before Lorenzo, she only had sex with two men, a friend's father, who in my mind, you know, it was never revealed, but basically he was divorced, and Nikolaus, uh, his name is Greek. So I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. But anyway, if people have issues with her for sleeping with a married man, then maybe don't click on a book about adultery because that is the whole point of the book. That's the main theme in the book. I've also seen some comments bashing her for how she was speaking to her dad in one of the first chapters when she asked him to squeeze some oranges. And that was hilarious. Um, at that point, it was already established that she has a great relationship with her dad so why get triggered over that the word please doesn't have to be spoken in order for people to understand that you're requesting something and it can be inferred by the tone of the voice or the facial expression and it was pretty clear that she wasn't simply ordering her dad around like please i can ask my mom something without saying please because she knows me <laughs> i've also had people hate her for crying like she has a crush on a man and he treats her like shit. Y'all are acting like you don't cry. She was more than justified for crying with the way that Lorenzo was treating her. So I don't understand what's the whole point of hating on her for that. Yes, she is sensitive. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive. It's amazing to be sensitive. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. All other flaws that she has, apart from her loose morals when it comes to the man she sleeps with and her selfishness, which is, again, also related to the man she sleeps with, are minor. At this point, I don't even know why people hate her so intensely. I just don't know. Like, I don't know if it's because married men just to cheat on their wives with her, but if it's because of that, your hatred is misplaced. It's not her fault. Um, it's the married man's fault. I, I have, like, it's kind of, um, how do you call it, a pet peeve of mine is when people try to, like, explain something using, uh, proverbs or, you know, just ways of saying, like, just because there's this sentence which is really, uh, famous of, it takes two to tango, it doesn't mean that you can just use it and that's it, that's just an argument that cannot be attacked. The man is choosing to cheat on her wife, on his wife, regardless of Allison or not Allison. If you hate Allison because married men choose to sleep with her, yes, your hatred is misplaced. 
Um, I also think it could be related to this very common need to bring clearly confident women down because it happens a lot and Allison is evidently confident, sometimes maybe a little bit cocky, but not really. And uh, so I get it that maybe some people have a problem with that. You know, it's kind of hard seeing confident people when you are not confident. And I say this as someone who's not confident. Um, Or I also think that this really intense hatred could be also related to internalized misogyny in general. Because there was a ton of it in the comments. It was disgusting. Or... Also because some people see traits in her that they also have, but they're not necessarily happy about it, so they take it out on her. Because really, except for, you know, the fact that she sleeps with married men, which is not this universal experience, all of her, you know, negative traits, positive traits are all human. So there's a high chance that the readers who read the book also have those. Now, I also have a bone to pick with those who say that she goes after married men specifically because that is simply untrue. She doesn't seek married men. She just likes older men. And if they happen to be married, which, you know, it's very common at their age, she doesn't care. Now, I'm not saying that it's right, but some people make it way more dramatic than it actually is. Like, some people actually say and think that she specifically only singles out married men to ruin their families and she doesn't that is not the point of the book so one thing that actually pisses me off and this really pisses me off is the mental illness joke that is constantly being thrown around (laughs) first off allison doesn't have any mental illnesses and if you want to read about a character who has them head over to tainted yes it's just one chapter long i'm busy (laughs) but anyway commenting shit like mental illness whenever she does something that you don't agree with or has a reaction that for some reason is perceived as as exaggerated when it clearly isn't if you actually put yourself in her shoes is not the comedic material you think it is and as someone who does have mental illnesses seeing that shit is disgusting it's a fucking struggle and people just make jokes out of it and it's gross mental illnesses are not a joke and they're also not a way to further shame the character just because you hate her i don't have any issues whatsoever if you joke about your experience with mental illnesses that you have because i do that too but what we're not going to do is throw random illnesses around or use them as a weapon to demonize a character because it's fucked up and i'm tired of seeing it But either way, this hate is getting pretty out of hand, not to mention that negative comments catch my eye more than positive ones, so I tend to see almost every negative comment, and they're not nice to put up with. It's not that I'm insecure about how I wrote Allison, and this is gonna sound like I'm bragging or something, I'm really not, but I know damn well that my character is a really good character. And I'm not talking about her morals, I'm talking about how she's written, I'm talking about like the character in itself is a good character and i will of course perfect her a little because i started writing this book at 18 and now i'm 21 as of monday and i'm definitely better at writing but i'm not going to change anything about her personality because it's perfect 
The only reason as to why the comments get to me is that they're frustrating to read. Because people are so keen to read about a character who is perfect in the sense that they never make mistakes and they never get on their nerves that they can't take a moment to actually appreciate how human Allison actually is and how her personality and the way she behaves fits perfectly with how she was raised and what she went through. Besides, the book is also 73 chapters long. Plus the prologue and the epilogue were at 75 parts. So give the girl some time to grow. Because she does grow. But this is important. Her growth is in line with who she is. It's not like she has a complete personality change in less than a year just because she's finally getting the dick she wanted. In conclusion, my aim ever since the start was to write a realistic book and I succeeded in that because the characters were built in such a way to allow for the book to end the way it ended. Maybe a bit too optimistic, the ending I mean, uh, but I really wanted a happy ending. I'm a sucker for happy endings, so I really wanted that. But I think that some people don't realize that in order to write a realistic book, you need characters who are human and act like it, not who are perfect. I cannot write a realistic book and then write about characters who could never exist in real life. Now, you are more than free to read about characters who are one-dimensional, who never change, who are just perfect, but don't comment my book and only comment hate because my characters aren't like that. Because I've put work in it. Next on the annoying things are the gross comments on her relationship with her dad. Not all of them are gross, but some of them really do cross a line. Before we get started, I just want to say that when I wrote about it, I thought of it as such a beautiful, healthy, and genuine relationship that I myself am jealous of until I started getting comments of people calling it weird, gross, or straight up sexualizing it, which honestly had me so surprised because I was definitely not not expecting that sort of response. Firstly, I've had people having issues with her calling her father daddy, and I don't know how to tell you this, but this is what you should be calling your father. (laughs) It's not the word to use with your sexual partners. Now, have I ever used the word daddy with a man that wasn't my father? Yes, so it's not that I have a problem with people who do so. I also call my father daddy, but I don't do it in English because that's not my language, so I think that kind of helps me to, you know, keep the two separated because I also never called anyone else daddy in Italian, but that's simply because I don't find the word sexy enough, so, but I've done it in English. Um, In any case, I think that people should be able to keep them separated, you know, Uh, like the family and the sexual sphere, regardless of whether you do it in the same language or in different languages. It's honestly not that hard. I mean, every time I was in the middle of a sexual encounter, my family was dead ass, the last thing I could think of. And to put things into perspective, I forgot everything about the existence of a condom, using a condom, until hours later when I was back at my house. So do you really think that I have the ability to think about my parents? (laughs) Please. But yeah, um, secondly, you know, some people have blamed the sexualizing on their relationship with their, uh, with their dads, you know, so their own daddy issues. Um, 
there is no direct correlation between having daddy issues and the sexualization of a parent-child relationship at all. Do I think that having daddy issues can make it easier to sexualize it? Yes, and I'll explain why after I talk about the main thing that, in my opinion, can lead to it. So, um, I think that most people, uh, most women especially, who are old enough, uh, who have been out in the world, or who simply have access to the internet, are aware of the hypersexualization of girls and women in the media and in real life. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's more subtle, but it's everywhere. And the point is that the female body is extremely sexualized. Similarly, it is also a very known fact that sex crimes against women happen at too fast of a rate and that they are carried out mostly by men. Consequently, most, if not all, women are scared of men to a certain degree. I for sure know that I am. (laughs) Um, Another thing that seems to be a pretty universal experience, at least in the Western world, um, is the habit of telling young girls to cover up when male guests come over, and this gets especially aggravating when it is extended to male family members. This specific behavior um, implies that male family members could see their young female family members as a sexual object and they probably do and it's disgusting so this leads to young girls feeling uncomfortable and unsafe even around family members it should also not come as a surprise that this seems to be extended to fathers too uh, some girls are explicitly told by their mothers to cover up around their fathers other others don't need to be told because they apply what they learned to their fathers too Uh, But basically, all of this uh, leads to girls being uncomfortable around their own fathers, too. Not to mention that it is not an unknown fact that there have been children, young girls and women, who have been sexually abused by their fathers or other family members. So this thing about feeling uncomfortable around family members is not really, it's not even like this weird of a thing. Uh, I believe that all of this, if not accompanied by a good relationship with their fathers, might lead people to sexualize Allison's relationship with her dad simply because they don't have a positive relationship to fall back on. Um, If these people already have a negative relationship with their dads, if they attribute um, negative connotations to fathers in general because they themselves don't have a good father in their lives, they are more likely to do this, in my opinion, of course. With that being said, it's still gross as shit. It's really fucking gross to get those comments. And people should know better than to comment this stuff because it makes everyone uncomfortable. It makes it uncomfortable for me and the other readers. Your quote-unquote daddy issues, and I put them in quotes for two reasons. One of that, the first one being that everything related to psychology is just used too loosely, is thrown around, you know. And secondly, uh, it's not them that specifically lead to the sexualization of their relationship. It's not daddy issues. But your daddy issues do not justify this behavior whatsoever. Like these, these comments, they're gross. I've asked people to stop. 
they're still coming and this is coming from someone who suffers deeply from her relationship with her dad so it's not that I'm immune to these sort of things (laughs) it's actually really fucking funny I don't know if I should get into this no never mind but um Allison's relationship with her dad is beautiful and healthy and her dad is what every father should aspire to be in terms of both affection and emotional availability period um some people have had issues with Allison comparing Lorenzo to her dad and first of all it happened like twice Secondly, it is not as uncommon as you think it is. Um, Allison grew up seeing her dad as a perfect father and a perfect husband to her mother. And when you have such a great role model, you would look for someone like that in your own partner, because why wouldn't you? He clearly makes his daughter happy, and he clearly made his wife happy. He's a respectful man, loving, and, you know, to put it simply, he is what anyone should expect in a partner so her doing these comparisons when it comes to you know personality is normal when it comes to their behavior and stuff um i also don't understand why people comment on the fact that they are so close when the answer is painfully obvious allison lost her mother when she was 10 her father lost his wife Not everything about her past was included for length reasons, you know, but um, allow me to, you know, just kind of clarify this. Allison's mom, Amelia, didn't work and she spent most of her time at home taking care of their daughter, you know, Allison, while Michael, Ali's dad, worked. So this means that Allison spent most of her time with her mother and of course she also bonded with her dad because he's been an amazing dad since uh, since the start, you know. But her mom was her main caregiver. Now I'm not going to get into the attachment theory, but for Allison, who lived a lavish life and was spoiled, who had parents that, you know, never had to worry about financial issues or any other issues because they were loaded and also, you know, loved each other deeply, so they had a very stable and... Uh, loving household Um, and you know Allison never went through any negative experiences and she just had a perfect childhood basically the loss of a great loving mother for her was the biggest trauma she could have gone through for her dad losing his wife was also one of the most one of the two most terrible things he could have gone through you know the other one being losing his child So them getting closer is the most obvious reaction to that event. They only had each other. You know, it could have gone differently. For example, if one of them had been in the car with Amelia, the other one could have blamed the other for being alive while Amelia wasn't. So, you know, that could have resulted in distance, but that's not the case in this book. So, yeah. Another thing that uh, seems to cause a bit of uproar is Allison acting like a child around her dad. So? I don't know how many times I have to say this, but her mom died. That is a crucial part of her life. So one could argue that she had her childhood ripped ripped away from her, and she simply couldn't enjoy her childhood anymore once her mom died. So uh, she sometimes 
acts like a child maybe and <laughs> like her infantilizing herself is a very common response and i am not going to make any statements about how healthy or unhealthy this is because i don't know and i don't like making statements about things that i don't know but in her case it's not something that has an impact on her life it does not interfere with the normal uh progressing of her life and it also doesn't happen often also because her dad is amazing he did send her to therapy but that doesn't mean anything since it is necessary for the patient to cooperate in order to get results and if 10 year old allison didn't want to cooperate because she closed herself off and didn't want to talk about the worst experience of her life nothing could be achieved also, it is necessary to realize that there is a distinction, a big distinction, between acting like a child and exhibiting certain behaviors that some people may perceive as childlike, but are only what she's used to due to how she was raised and how close she is with her dad. And it also needs to be said, to be said, <laughs> what the fuck was I saying? It also needs to be said that if people sexualize their relationship while also seeing Allison as a child, that's double gross. So let's stop that, please. A lot of people, rightfully so, had some questions about Allison falling in love so quickly with Lorenzo. And let me just remind you that the book is written in her point of view, so you don't get to read the reality. You get to read what she feels and what she perceives. And she wasn't actually in love with Lorenzo, she just thought she was. Um, uh, have y'all ever had a crush? Because that's exactly what it is. You start having a crush on someone and you feel like you're in love with them. And then you actually fall in love with that person or with someone else later in time. And you realize that you were not actually in love. And that it was just you being blinded by all the new feelings that you were feeling. And by the fact that it was new and you had no previous experience. Um... Allison never had a crush. She really never had a crush on anyone. So when she finally did develop a crush on Lorenzo, in her mind, uh, the crush didn't last a lot before suddenly turning into love. Now, this was also said in the book. Um, Allison only had sex with two men before Lorenzo. One man was a friend's father with whom she slept once. And the other one was Nikolaus. Uh, so she hasn't even had a lot of experience in getting intimate with a man and she especially never developed a crush on them for whatever reason you know so even with lorenzo she wouldn't have gotten an actual crush on him if it hadn't been for the fact that she he, that he kept rejecting her which you know left her pretty shaken because she had never been rejected in her life so that was new uh frustrating but it was also exciting and intriguing for her so, you know, this interest that she started feeling because she was so intrigued by, you know, the fact that he was rejecting her started growing into a crush. That's all it. Like, he became the center of her attention because he was the only man who ever just rejected her. Um, if I had to say when she started falling in love, I would maybe say Italy right at the beginning when they weren't thinking about sex and were just spending some time together but even then uh like let me just clarify that she was not in love yet she was simply starting to get to know him and appreciate him as more than just a sexual con conquest um 
then you know when they returned from Italy and kept spending more time together with each other while being affectionate and exchanging kisses and stuff that's when you know the feelings started growing even more um you know basically Allison was not in love with Lorenzo when she said she was she just thought that she was that's it really simple um in one of the first chapters when they have sex she uses the words lovemaking but it's clear that they were not actually making love uh you know Lorenzo was just giving in to his desires and cheating on his wife and Allison was having sex with the man she wanted that's it but again you know her po- her the book is in her point of view so you don't get to read what is really happening you get to read what Allison perceives as real and she thought that she was in love and that they were making love but not because she thought that Lorenzo was in love with her but simply because she was supposedly in love with him and she herself was making love to him not him to her you know that's it This is something that has me really mad at myself, and it's about chapter 16 and 20. Um, In chapter 16, Allison goes to his office to apologize, but then she ends up acting the way she usually acts, and he gives in, and they make out, and other stuff happens. And in chapter 20, it's the Christmas ball, she falls into the bathroom, and then stuff happens again. Uh, What I've noticed is that pretty much everyone feels so bad for Lorenzo and I I do agree with you because of the way that I wrote it, but I very much miswrote it. Those parts were written back in 2018, early 2019, so it was years ago and years ago I couldn't write as well as I can now and I also didn't think some things through and this is definitely one of the things that I didn't think through. Uh, Most people have talked about how this is sexual harassment and I wholeheartedly agree with you. It is and it is my fault for writing it like that because um, while it was definitely not my intention to make it look like it, it did look like it and it is. You know, taking the scene the way it's written, it's the textbook's definition of it. So... You know, people commenting saying that Allison's behavior was wrong, and it was, but it also goes to show that I couldn't convey things correctly. Uh, before I go into that, though, I just want to make a little note. <laughs> I think that a lot of people who have been commenting hey for Allison on chapter uh, 16 didn't do it because they thought that what was happening was wrong. In fact, I think that a lot of them would have just skimmed through it without a second thought. But um, I think that they did it due to their hatred for Allison. Because in chapter 7, the husband of one of her teachers comes to the academy and tries to get her to have sex with him. And even though Allison is kind of laughing, she does say no and she does try not to do anything with him. And I didn't see almost anyone commenting on it. Yet a lot of people in chapter 16 were quick to say, but what if the roles were reversed? They were. They were, and none of y'all said anything. So, you know, in fact, I actually had some people getting mad at her in that scene when it was the other dude harassing her. And this isn't to defend Allison's actions, by the way, because that was not the point at all, but it's just pointing out some hypocrisy. 
Now, with that being said, I don't like the way I wrote the scene and it will be heavily changed in the rewrite because I don't like the way it happened. However, I do have a reason as to why I wrote it that way, but it just goes to show that I didn't think things through. And um, one of the main things about Lorenzo, you know, his character is the fact that he is disgusted by cheating. I never wanted to write a book about a man who get who gives in easily. That was never my intention and it will never be my intention because I don't like that. Uh, you know, I've already talked about this in a previous episode and I know it's weird, but I hate cheating. <laughs> I hate it. And, you know, I can't stand it in movies or TV shows and I couldn't even watch the scenes in Behind Her Eyes, which, by the way, you know, amazing show, 10 out of 10, instant favorite. Uh, I can only take cheating scenes when I like the person that someone is cheating with and I also dislike or don't know their partner you know like the two have to happen at the same time I have to both like the you know other woman other man and I have to dislike or just not know at all the actual partner because otherwise I can't fucking watch a cheating scene Yet, I also mostly write about cheating. And, um, you know, kind of have a kink, maybe. But, you know, because of my hater for cheating, I write about men who don't give in easily and who need time and need to be seduced in order to eventually cheat. I don't want them to be the kind of men who cheat immediately or who even initiated, you know, those who tend to be serial cheaters. But, um, however... You know, this particular thing, this uh, getting a man to cheat when he doesn't want to cheat uh, is pretty difficult to obtain without Allison acting the way she did in chapter 16. It was especially difficult to obtain when I was 18 and I was writing this. Um, pretty much, you know, it's hard to have a man who wouldn't give in immediately without adding some scenes like this one, uh, you know, some words of persuasion, which is all basically coercion, <laughs> and that is wrong. And for everyone who's read those chapters, please don't do that in real life. I will also change it in the book. Um, you know, the chapter is written in Allison's point of view. Uh, however, it is important for me to give you Lorenzo's point of view. Um... Almost everyone felt bad for him and saw him as a victim. And from the way that scene was written, you are correct in interpreting it like that. However, that's not what was going on in Lorenzo's mind. I also think that it's important to remind everyone that there is a really big power imbalance between the two of them. And the one in the position of power is Lorenzo. Allison could think that she has some sort of power, as in her womanly power, her charms, her beauty, but in reality, she holds no power whatsoever. Lorenzo is a man, so he can easily overpower her physically. He is 23 years older than her, and he's her principal. This isn't to say that men cannot be harassed or assaulted by women, because they absolutely can, yet in this situation, everything was in Lorenzo's favor, so... Had he wanted her to stop, 
he would have done something to make her stop. Let's not forget that he is the same man who snitched on her when he found her with her teacher's husband. He could have done it again or, you know, just threatened Allison with it. He could have done a plethora of things to get her to leave him alone, but he didn't. You know, with that being said, what Allison did keeps being wrong because she had no way of knowing that he wanted her. You know, she did assume he did because she's observant like that. But at the end of the day, his words were no and stop. So, even if she was right in thinking that he wanted her, she should have stopped and left him alone. That, there needs to be no discussion on that. Uh... But Lorenzo did want her, though. Let's see this, you know, let's see the bigger picture. He is a 41-year-old man who is being pursued by a stunning young woman whom he himself describes as a goddess. He was more than flattered, and if it hadn't been for the fact that he was married, he would have jumped at the occasion to touch her even just once. The reasons he doesn't want to give in and keep saying no are 1. He's in denial. 2. He doesn't want to cheat. It's not that he doesn't inherently want to have sexual relations with Allison. He simply doesn't want to cheat. You know, he doesn't want to be a cheater. He's just he's disgusted by the concept of cheating and he does not want to become one. And it is also, you know, stated I I think in Chapter 31, he says, I was one of the things that I hated most. I was a cheater. Chapter 30-something, it's right there. And they're still in Italy. Uh, And talking about Italy, you do have to think about his real motive when, in Italy, he went back to her after seeing that she was pretty much moved on, or at least that she wasn't giving him any more attention. As the author, I am here to say that he thought that he was being genuine and altruistic and that he really wanted to help her, but that doesn't mean that subconsciously he didn't actually go to her just because he missed being chased and because he missed being he missed the attention that she gave her. You know, most times we as humans are unaware of the real reasons behind our emotions and his behavior, you know, him going to her was guided by emotion. The reason he gave himself is not necessarily the real reason why he acted the way he did. Anyway, anyway, uh, when all of that is happening in both chapters 16 and 20, he doesn't see himself as a victim. The thought of being a victim doesn't even cross his mind. He enjoys it and he wants it. He simply doesn't want to be a cheater. But, you know, as I said multiple times, the way I wrote it, it sends the wrong message. It's my fault and I hate it a lot. And you interpreting it as harassment is correct, and I'm actually very glad that at least some of you are aware of the fact that behaviors like Allison's in those chapters are completely unacceptable. Alright, so this gives me a bit of sadness and a bit of anger. It's chapters 49 to 52. In these chapters, we see Allison having a meltdown in Lorenzo's car and then getting attacked. First off, uh, the meltdown. I don't expect people to fully understand the situation, but at that point, you have to realize that Allison was the other woman to the man she loved for months. 
And I guess that a lot of people could say that she got into it herself, but that doesn't make her emotions any less real and harsh and valid, so placing blame is honestly doing no good. Her reaction, by the way, was not even that exaggerated, considering that they had been having an affair for months and he kept giving her mixed signals. Lorenzo was still treating her like a second option whilst being affectionate with her and acting like a boyfriend would act with his partner. So no, she was not doing too much. She was going to explode one day or another. Anyway, she runs out of his car and into her mansion and she clearly needs comfort. Now, the only person who can give her comfort, other than Lorenzo now, and is and has always been her dad. But she hears him having sex with a woman and she has a very dramatic reaction which is totally in line with her characters and the personality I gave her. So I'm not even going to make any apologies for writing a fitting reaction. I think it was just perfect for her. Uh, I do have some things to say about the comments I got when she was hospitalized. Those are pretty disheartening to read. First of all, I had at least one person be like, um, how can you die from a stab in the arm? And I recommend you look up arteries. It may be helpful. But back to the serious stuff, she started kind of accusing her dad for what happened to her, or at least that's what people thought, because she was actually blaming Nora. And in a way, she's kind of right, because if it hadn't been for her, she would have never left the house. But, you know, that's a flawed logic, and it places blame on the wrong people. But it does make sense in a way. Not that it's right. Uh, Anyway, I don't know if people are just so blinded by their hatred for Allison, or if they don't pay attention to what they read, but it is clearly stated that she had just woken up from surgery, meaning that she was doped up, Not to mention that her last memory was nearly dying at the hands of some creep. And I cannot believe that not even that is enough for people to cut her some slack. Allison felt all sorts of emotions regarding the previous night. She was also under the effect of drugs, so of course she's going to be out of it. Why is that just so extraordinary to think? She was mad that something that traumatic happened to her and she needed something or someone to put the blame on. Is that fair? No. And in a moment of clarity, she does know that, but she clearly has no moments of clarity in those chapters. And even when she wrongfully seems to be blaming her dad, she quickly takes it back and I cannot begin to express the... I don't even know what word to use for this. But what I felt when I had people commenting shit like she's so bipolar. Bipolar disorder is one of the most severe mental illnesses, so kindly shut the fuck up about it. But anyway, she immediately takes it back because she realizes that she said something that she didn't mean to say out loud and she loves her dad, so she feels bad about making him feel bad. It's honestly not hard, but this just goes to prove the thing that I said at the beginning of the episode that some people read without thinking, and they comment the first thing 
that comes to their mind. Now, I understand that if you read a Wattpad book, you most likely don't want to, you know, you just want to chill. But analyzing skills are very useful in real life. So why don't you sharpen them while reading something that you enjoy? Because you have to do, you have to do some analyzing in the book. Otherwise, you will just not understand what you're reading. You're just going to misinterpret almost everything. Like, all everything that Allison does throughout the book has some sense, can be quote-unquote justified based on what she's feeling at the moment, what she went through. So, if people took just a little time to think there would be a lot less hatred a lot less hatred for Allison but you know that's beside the point um as for her disliking Nora she had a bad experience with her dad's previous girlfriend and I don't know if anyone remembers this but in chapter three she does say that she is the one who pushed her dad into dating again so when everything went to shit with Victoria she kind of blamed herself because you know if it hadn't been for her her dad wouldn't have dated anyone especially Victoria and this is the exact same flawed logic that I was just talking about now of course she doesn't trusts anyone after that not to mention that her dad is also multimillionaire, so so she's scared that these girlfriends could have bad intentions um nora is also tied to one of the two worst things that she's ever gone through so because of that uh you know because of that negative emotions um she feels for that night you know towards that night in general um Those emotions extend to Nora, and right at the beginning, she finds comfort in blaming someone for what she went through, and Nora is just perfect to blame. So there are like two reasons that are very, you know, correlated for why she hates Nora. Three, actually. Yeah, but... As you can see, you know, as she got to knowing her, she started loving her. And I didn't talk about Nora in the epilogue, but this is something that will be, you know, talked about in the next chapters, in the next fucking episode. So, you know, stay tuned for that. This concludes today's episode. Thank you so very much for listening. And I apologize for not fitting, you know, everything in this episode, but it would have been too long, which is why I decided to split it in two, maybe even three, you know, depending on how long the next one will be. And so in the next one, I will be addressing all of your comments, uh, you know, the questions or the things that you've wanted me to explain further. And yeah. So thank you again so very much and have a wonderful day or night depending on when you're listening. I love you.